Let's uh, let's get rolling here. Man, that was too easy. <laughs> that was too easy. I, I, last week I couldn't get everybody to be quiet, man. Now, good. Good to see everybody this morning. Uh, good to have you. If you watch online, we're uh, uh, this is my Sunday morning class. We're in First Timothy. We'll be in chapter six. If you want to get rolling, turning over there. Uh, if you're visiting with us, and we're glad to have you. Especially if you're watching online, we're extremely grateful to have you with us. Uh, and uh, if you're in here for the first time or in here and haven't been here for a while, we'll, uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, like I said, we'll be studying. We're studying First Timothy. We're almost through with the first letter. We're going to jump into the second letter next, uh, and then after that, we're going to go to the Book of Titus, where we're going next. So, uh, you know, just a couple of things. Uh, one thing. We had a great men's breakfast yesterday. We had we had almost 30 guys here. We had five little boys that came, uh, and uh, and I want to thank Kathy and Ginger and Sue and Ann and of course my wife uh, who uh, uh, who got sick last night and and so she she's fine. She's okay. She just she just uh, she said uh, she said I don't think I better go. <laughs> she said, I feel okay, but I don't think I better go. So. So she's at home. So, yeah, just it was too much. It was too much. So she worried about it all Friday. Couldn't couldn't sleep. She didn't sleep at all Friday night. Then got up, came up here, and then and then got sick yesterday afternoon. So, but anyway, it was a good it was a good day. We had like I said, we had almost thirty guys here. Uh, it was it was awesome. And thank you, ladies, again. I have and thank you, Puff, personally, but uh, thank you so much for what y'all did. You know, we had people getting here from five thirty on yesterday morning. So it was good. So, anyway, again, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we will uh, we will pray, say a prayer, and then we will get started. Okay, come on in, guys. Now, if you're in here and and I ask you, because my class always asks a lot of questions. If I if I start repeating you, it's because I'm repeating you for the camera for the for the people online. They can't hear you. If you're right, see, there's camp. The microphones are right here. They can hear out to about where. Gary is, I guess, maybe a little farther. Because uh, you can see, we've got a new camera, so they can see see you, but they can't hear you. So sometimes I have to repeat it, so what you're saying. So, And then sometimes I forget. And then Paul told me one time, he said, he said you need to repeat what they're saying, because I can't hear nothing you're, they're saying. So, you know, see, they're like dead spots where nothing's happening. So, so anyway, we're going to do that. Uh, let's pray, guys, and we'll get started. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We're so grateful, Father, that uh, that you've given us this time uh, that we can that we can honor you by by being here and studying about you and worshiping you. And 
we pray our, our sincerest prayer, Father, is that uh, that everything we do will be uh, pleasing to you, that you'll be uh, that you'll be edified and glorified by what we do, and and that we will be edified as well, Father. We thank you so much. Uh, we pray that uh, that you be with us as we go through our lives, that we will strive to be the servants that we're supposed to be, that we will strive, Father, every day to be the the godly people we're supposed to be, uh, and Father, fix those things in our lives that need to be fixed. Father, help us as we study this letter, as we study this uh, this uh, apostle's charge to this young preacher. Help us to learn and grow and find the things that we can learn from and, and apply them to our lives. Father, so grateful for, for all of the membership here and everything that's going on in their lives. There's so many things going on. And I just pray, Father, you be with each and every one of us as we as we navigate this world, getting ready at one, some point to come home. Thank you, Father, for that. And thank you for the for for us the confidence that we have in that and we and we pray your blessings upon us in jesus name we pray amen amen okay we're going to be in first timothy chapter six i'm going to restate again like i've told you before this letter was not written to you got it it was written to timothy he is a young preacher probably in his mid to late 20s maybe early 30s and he has been left by paul at one of the one of the most difficult places i think to preach and that's ephesus Ephesus is a place where, where uh, uh, Paul, they tried to stone, they stoned him and tried to kill him and eventually ran him off. I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse that he leaves Timothy there, but Timothy's there nonetheless. And we have two letters written to him. Uh, much of it, you know, much of it is written specifically for that congregation and what's going on there. But we can learn a lot. What we're looking at today, we can learn a lot from. And I think we need to apply this, these things to our lives, the things that we're learning here. Uh, you know, I'm not under any time constraints, so however far we get, we get. However far we don't get, we don't get. So uh, I want to make sure that we get this today and what uh, what I think our role is, uh, not just as a, as a, uh, as, you know, as we're, well, you'll see in a minute. Timothy is his young preacher. Paul is his mentor, okay? How many of you have ever had a mentor in your life? Someone that has mentored you. And that is, that's, and I wrote, it's a wise and trusted counsel or teacher. Someone that you trust that gives you advice and you listen to that advice and take that advice. How many of you have had somebody like that in your life? Could have been a father, mother, could have been a teacher. You know, I'm, I'm sure that Dick has been a mentor to a lot of people in his life uh, as, he, as he's taught and as he's, as he's been an administrator and different things. Uh, most all of us have had someone who's mentored them. How much value did you put on that, on the advice they gave you? How much value did you put on it in your life that, that these people were giving you sound advice? Okay. I remember when Georgia went down, I called Bobby. And, and Bobby was like a mentor to me because Bobby had been through what I was going through. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was going on. And Bobby helped talk me through it. Uh, one day, I know we talked for over an hour. I'm sitting out by the pool at the hotel, and we're talking. And, he's, and, you know, and I'm, big, I'm fixing to give up. I'm ready to give up because I'm done. I don't know what else to do. You know, my whole world's changed, and uh, and he ta helped talk me through it. And I and I've told you before, I appreciate so much what what you did, how you got me through that. But that's what a mentor does. You know, how many of you've been a mentor to someone in your life? Have you been a mentor? If you've got children, you're mentoring them as we speak. You know, by what they're doing here, they're over there in class. You're mentoring them right now. Uh, so. Paul is, is, has told Timothy in the, in the first part of this, of this chapter, he said, I'm going to tell you, you're dealing with a lot of false teachers. And remember, the, the, the Jewish 
the, the Jewish zealots and the, and the Jewish Christians were following Paul around and trying to undermine what Paul was doing. They did not believe that it was simple as simple as just giving themselves to Jesus. They wanted the people to be to, to adhere to the law of Moses. They wanted them circumcised, circumcising the males. They wanted them adhering to all the law of Moses. And, and Paul said, absolutely not. No way. And even the rest of the apostles said, no way, but didn't stop them. And so they were coming after them. And then and then he has the people in town, the, the guy that the, the people that followed Demetrius. You can go back into in the book of Acts and read this, where Demetrius was a silversmith and he raised up a riot against Paul. And that's where Timothy is. And so he tells them in the first part, he said, he said, You look for guys that don't agree with sound doctrine and they don't want to talk, they don't want to do godly teaching. You know, you look at, at people who are robbing their listeners and robbing themselves of the truth. And he said, and then the last part of it was that we looked at for a couple of weeks is, is they think godliness is a means to financial gain. And in our culture today, you can find people that teach large groups of people that have the same mindset. They don't care about godly teaching. They don't care what the book says. Some of them today, I heard one just the other day, said the Bible is no longer relevant. So we have to change the dynamic of how we teach because the Bible is no longer relevant. Is that a teacher you want standing in the pulpit in a place you go? No. You know, and, and, you know, and there's, there's numerous of them today in our culture today that, uh, uh, that believe, I think they believe, maybe they don't teach, but they believe and they, the, the way they act is that everything they do is a means to financial gain. They're looking to, to, to gain finances from and to gain wealth from this. And Paul tells him, uh, he's going to tell him in, in, the, in the last part of this, of this chapter, and we're going to start in verse 11, we're going to read through verse 14, and then we're going to talk about this stuff, okay? And I think you need to, you need to look, you know, I'm going to pull out two or three things here that we're going to talk about that Paul actually, actually tells, and then he tells him, he says, you make sure you be obedient to this command. I'm commanding you some stuff today. You make sure you listen to it. And I think that's something we need to listen to. All right? Because the culture we grew up. I talked I talked to a guy the other day, and we got to talking about some stuff, and he I was shocked at how ignorant he was of what's going on around us. He had no idea, no clue what's going on around us. And and by the time we were through, you know, I, I just asked him, I said, Do you have a Bible in your house? He said, Yes, I do. I don't read it, but I got one. And I said, I want you to go find the sixth book of the New Testament, and I want you to read the first chapter, Romans chapter 1. And I said, I want you to go read it, and I want you to read it four or five times, and I want you to call me back, and we're going to talk about it. And uh, he has not called me back yet. I'm going to call him next week and ask him if he read it. And he said, well, I don't get, I don't get to read. I don't read much because I don't understand it. It's really It's like Greek. And I, and I told him, it's because you're reading stuff that wasn't written to you. I said, go read the book of Matthew, and then, then read the next and you remember what I told you? I said, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and don't stop till I tell you to. And keep reading them. And, uh, but because if you're going to listen to someone like me or Cole or somebody on TV or whatever, you better know that they're teaching you godly stuff. You better know the book. You better know at least who Jesus was, and that's what those four books are going to tell you. They're going to tell you who Jesus was. So, now, he tells them, he said, here's the chart. But you, man of God, flee from all of this. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life.
to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. First thing he tells him, we looked at this a little bit last week, he says you run. 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 Run away from all of this. Distance yourself from this. I am constantly amazed that I've talked to people and said, well, I know they don't teach some all the truth, but, you know, there's some things they do that I like listening to. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Run. How do I put this into practice in my life today? When it comes to my spirituality and my need to be closer to God, what, how do I apply this one term? Flee. Run. Run from this. What do you need to do? Turn the television off. Turn the television off. <laughs> Yes. If you have to, throw your phone throw your phone in a bucket of water and walk away from it. Go get you a flip phone. You know, it's a burner phone. You know, if it's a problem, get rid of this stuff. Walk away from it. Why is it so important? What is it better? For you to be able to have access to the internet or have access to a TV show or a burning hell? You say, well, that's not possible. You think? You think it's not possible? There are teachers out there today that tell you once you're saved, you're always saved. It doesn't make any difference what you do. Just good. If as long as you've made a confession to God, everything's good. Do you believe that? There's millions of people out there that do. They believe that. They believe that that's that's a that's a that's a biblical doctrine. Would you know if it wasn't or not? Would you know? Probably not. Would you? Go ahead. You can go and have like this. And say no. Nope, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to. I wouldn't know how to what to do. I wouldn't. That's okay. What I'm saying is, there are things out there that you need to know about and you need to run from. I remember I was, I was telling, uh, I was talking to John yesterday, and, and, you know, John was in Vietnam, and, and he's got, had a lot of experiences, and we were talking, and he said, he said, you know what the best course of action a gunfight is? I said, I have no idea. He said, run. He said, run. He said, run as fast as you can. I said, really? He said, until you can't run no more. And then you turn and fight. I said, did you have to run, turn and fight? Yep. I said, how'd that go? He said, I'm still standing here, ain't I? <laughs> the, the point is, is at some point, you got to figure out, i got to run. i got to get away from this stuff. But there's a time to fight. He says here, he says, he says, you flee. You run from that stuff. You know, especially our young kids. God, man, I can't even imagine what it's like to be, some, be a teenager in our culture today. How confusing it must be. How chaotic it must be. You think you got any of you got got teenagers? I mean, we've got a teenager here now. I mean, we, you know, we just had three of them just the other day. Kurtz and Myra's kids were baptized. You know, it doesn't take away the confusion and the and the you know that's still there, okay? Because the society around them is nuts. I'm I'm amazed how I mean they're nuts. Some of the things that they uh, that they believe in. Huh? Go ahead. That's why it's so important that we have our children here when they're young. Mm -hmm. I am thinking about my granddaughter who has to deal with all of this, but she has found a way to go the right way mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. Because even though she is connected to the internet on an hourly basis, <laughs> I guess, she still has found people there who are teaching the truth and who are teaching what it's right. And that's, and that's, that's great. That's awesome. Not but everybody not can, do can do that. And and yeah, you know, you know when he says here, I, my, I wrote a question. What do you need to run from? 
What do you need to run from? You don't really need to answer, but I want you to think about it. What do I need to run from? Is there something in my life I need to run away from? He tells he tells this young Timothy, run from these preachers, run from this stuff, run away. This stuff is this stuff is nonsense. It's garbage. It's not true, and it will it will destroy you. Run from it. Yes, ma'am. I was just gonna say there are times when there's stuff out there that's like it's You know, what Linda's saying is, is, you know, you say, well, I can navigate this. No, you can't. You know, if you can't figure it, I'm telling you, I, I have figured out that there are some people you just can't talk to. They're just not going to listen to you. they got their ideas. they got their mind made up. You're not going to talk to them. And, and, and all you're going to do is debate and argue, and you're never going to get anywhere that way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to debate and argue. If you want to listen to what the truth is, fine, I'll talk to you. But I don't want to. I don't want to get in the middle of, of an argument about something. That's what he said in the first part of this of this chapter. He said they want to argue about controversies and words and phrases. Yeah, I don't want to do that. What does it accomplish? Nothing. If you want to, if you want to talk about whether this is God's word, okay, well let's do that. We can do that, and you can have your opinion. But I'm going to bring you to the book, and we're going to find out what the book says. But you know, and he said, and he says, you pursue all this other stuff. How do I pursue these things? How do I what? I, I find out in my life, what do I need to do to pursue godliness and righteousness? You know, I, I, I need to be around you guys. I need to be with you because you help, you help make me solid. You help plant me where I need to be. You know, Satan is attacking all of us. I need to be somewhere where I know people are of like mind and like-mindedness, and so I can be, so I know that, that this is not hopeless. Okay, that it that there's a, there's a way out of this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to run, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus myself. I'm gonna start running towards something. What are you running towards? If you're just running away from something, where are you gonna get to? Nowhere. What do you have to do? I have to run towards something. Run towards what? Church. Church. There was a long time in your life, Bobby, where you were running away, weren't you? Yes, sir. And you were running away from church. You were running away from God. You know. Church didn't help you much, but it's still you were running away from. It. You know, we see people all the time doing that. You know, run, pursue something else, look for something else. Then he says, he says, then you fight the good fight. Look, look at what he says here. He said, he said, you fight the good fight of, of faith. That word fight in the in the Greek is a word we get our our word agonize from. Okay, our English word agonize. And, I, and, the, and the, it says the mean, it means to concentrate, to discipline, the extreme effort to win. So if you go into a fight, do you go into a fight to lose? I never went into a fight to lose. I lost some, but I ain't going to fight to lose. I knew going in that I probably wasn't going to win. But, you know, I mean, I, I didn't go into that. That's not what you're going to a fight for. What are you, what are you looking to win here? Are you looking to win? You know, are you are you willing to put out the effort to win? You know, and I got I got a couple of questions for this one. So, you know, tell me, are you are you willing to fight? What does that mean to fight? What does it mean? What do you what do you think it means? What if, if we're going to concentrate, focus, make every effort to win, to fight to win? You know, that's where that's what the idea of the word was in the Greek and in and and in, in the uh, the the, the Jewish culture. Yes. 
Know huh? your enemy. Know your enemy. Do you know who your enemy is? I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I, I think, I, I'm not trying to step on Mark here, I, I, you know, uh, but, you know, I think he may be going to use it. So I'm not only going to, I'm just going to read it. We're not going to really, uh, but anyway, I want you to look at this. What did you say, David? What? Okay. Hey, I, I know the feeling. Okay. Will you, will you, will you holler at me when you think of it? You know, look at verse, verse, uh, uh, verse 11. Verse 11, chapter 6. Now listen, you know, I, my question, are you, in, are you in a fight? Are you in a fight? Sad part is, is most people don't know they're even in a fight. They can't know they're in because they don't know they're in a fight. You know, I mean, I mean, do, do you know you're in a fight? Now look at what he says, verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual force of evil in the heavenly realm. What's your fight against? Are you in a fight? Yes. God says you are. And what's your fight? Who's your fight against? Satan. Satan. Satan is, you know, think about it, guys. All over our culture and all over our world today, all right, people are, are, are adopting mindsets that look very similar, right? You see it. You see that in foreign countries. You see it in Sweden. You see it in in, in a uh, you know thing happening in Italy. You, there's there, and people are rioting. People are talking. They're you know uh, these these marches and stuff are going on. And my thing is, people ain't that smart. Nothing against you. Or, you know we're just not that smart. There's no way we're smart enough to pull this off worldwide. We're not. How do we pull this off worldwide? How, does, how do you find somebody clear? I, I saw that in the Soviet Union they were, and in Germany they were they were marching against some of this stuff and, I, or, and, and marching for some of this stuff. And I'm going, how in the world that happen? <laughs> because there is only one calling the shot. There's only one calling the shot. Not a man. Satan's calling the shot. Satan is inspiring people to, to promote his agenda. He wants, and he's got an agenda that he wants promoted, and he is going to, he's going to raise up people to do that with, for him. Our fight is not against you. My fight is not against someone who's got a sinful lifestyle. My fight's not against that person. Cole and I have talked about this at length. We've said this on our podcast. You know, I am, I am not, I'm not against someone who is, who is, has an alternative lifestyle. I'll put it that way. All right. I am against the lifestyle, not the person. I want, I want to, you know, I want, I want to help the person find Jesus, because Jesus is the only one that can fix the lifestyle. I can't fix the lifestyle. I can only bring them to the one that can. That's what I want. So I might, we're our, our fight, our fight is against Satan, not against people. And today our society has gotten where people are fighting each other, and they've lost sight of who really they should be fighting. We should be fighting Satan. So when you fight the good fight, know your enemy. My enemy, Satan. You're not my enemy. You know, guy walking down the street, not my enemy. Satan is. Satan and the, and the temptation that he's that he's bought into is what the enemy is. Okay. So he says, fight the good fight. Now I got a question here. How fiercely and intensely are you fighting the good fight today? How fiercely and how intensely are you fighting that good fight, David? 
I don't, I don't think you're fighting very hard if you give up your principles and your morals. I see that here a lot. Y'all hear what he said? I don't think you're fighting very fiercely if you give up your principles and your morals. And he said, I see that a lot. Right? Y'all agree with that? Yes. You can't you can't stand in front of God and say, Oh, I'm fighting with everything I have if you if you're compromising your principles and your morals. What up? What somebody else? How how fiercely and intensely are you fighting the good fight of faith? And what does that war look like for you? What does it look like? Nobody wants to talk. <laughs> Does that, I'm, I'm going to take that. Hold on, just a minute. I'll take that one or two. Either none of you are fighting your favorite color of you, or you really don't want to embarrass yourself. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to embarrass. You, I promise. Go ahead, Kale. Uh, one brave soul. <laughs> one brave soul. <laughs> um, I, I think part of it is is not growing weary in in doing God's work. Okay. All right. Um, I we we had a conversation the other night. Me and Brent, and one of the things that we talked about was getting people to sign up to teach. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about how people don't want to get stuck in teaching. It's like, what's so wrong with that? Are you, you shouldn't be worried about being stuck teaching the next generation. That should yes. be a, a, a thing that you are blessed with doing. Mm -hmm. So uh, part of this thing and being in that fight is I'm not going to grow weary in what I'm doing. Y'all hear? Y'all hear him? I'm not gonna grow weary. He said, "said becoming a teacher is not something you should feel like you got stuck in, that you got stuck doing. It ought to be something you look at and say, hey, maybe mm -hmm. this is what God's called me to be, and this is what I'm gonna do.' Go ahead, Linda. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, what I want is—I mean, we got a—we got a young lady in here, and and she's she's developing her life now in Christ. Transformation has started. Okay, the beginning of life has started for her, and we're—and she's looking in this room. She's in this room, and she's listening to you guys. And I don't want—I don't want y'all to say. She said. Man, it's hopeless. It's hopeless, man. You know, this ain't this ain't never gonna work because it is a wonderful place to be when you when you wrap your mind around the fact that hey, God has called me to serve. He's called me to do this, and it's a privilege. What a privilege it is to get to teach. What a privilege it is to get. There are some things I figured out I don't want to do. Okay, I don't want to teach your kids. I don't want to do that. I I just don't. I tried teaching high school. Didn't go well. Didn't want to teach high school. Don't want to do that. I found where I needed to be, teaching adults. You know, but I, it, but you know, I mean, there's a place you can find that you're gonna that you're gonna fit, and you may find. Hey, I taught junior high for four or five years. I really like that. You know, I like teaching junior high, but now I've graduated. I've gone. God's put me in a different place to teach differently. But it took a while to figure. Hey, I did Bible hour and all that stuff. You know what I figured out? I ain't gonna do this no more. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I watched Johnny Stafford and Mike Cleveland jump around like a couple of fools, and I'm saying that I'm not gonna do. That <laughs> wasn't foolish to them, but it was to me. Cause I ain't gonna do that. That I'm not gonna do. So, and I, and I applaud people that do that. When I see you guys going to Bible hour, I'm saying God bless you, man. Yeah, I, 
I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you that I'm on your side because if I'm up there in the pulpit, I know that you're back there, and I'm going to limit my talk to this amount of time because I know how difficult it is. God bless you, David. You know? but, but you know, I, I'm going to do that. You know? Go ahead, Judy. I think you need to know your your niche. Okay. 35 years I was with preschool children, four-year-olds, and I, I, I loved that moment where they finally, it clicked and they were catching what I was trying to tell them, that just, my heart would just feel so good. Yeah. And then, um, there comes a point though, you know, because parents should be very involved. Yeah. And I had during those years, I had some wonderful parents. I really did. You guys were some of them. And then again, I had parents that were, and you're yeah. like, what? what? Yeah. You know, little Johnny wouldn't do that. Well, little, little Johnny did. You know, it, it's a, when you find your niche, it doesn't really, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find it and work through it in spite of what the negativities are. All right. I got another question here, and this goes directly to the to Alyssa. She doesn't know it yet, but uh, <laughs> it, it said, "What would a renewed commitment to the battle look like in your life?" Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes when you make that commitment to the battle lines, I'm going to get up front, and I'm going to. I'm bullets going to be whizzing by me. Satan's going to be all around me, but I'm going to make some. There's going to be some decisions I'm going to make that's going to put me maybe in a place that I don't have any clue why I'm there. I'll tell you why. This guy I talked to the other day, his name is Mike, okay? His name is Mike Haynes. He's got a little boy named Noah, okay? And I got to talk to him. Kevin and I went to his house the other day, and we're looking at some stuff that he's got that he wants me to work on. And little Noah walks up. And I said, hey, guy, man, I remember you when you were this big. He said, well, I'm five years old now. <laughs> and I said, really? I said, what grade are you in? I'm going to be in kindergarten. And I said, uh, I said, Really? I said, where do you go to school? He said, I go to nursery school. And I said, you know what I know? I know who your teacher's going to be this next year. My daughter-in-law is going to be your teacher. So you look around and say, I don't know. I've been working on my family for years. You have no idea how God's going to interact, how he's going to work, what he's going to do. He's bigger and tougher and meaner and stronger than Satan is. With him on your side, you can't lose. It may look like it from time to time. You may say, I don't know what to do. I got this decision, this decision. God, please help me. And if he, and if he made, if he helped Delissa to make that decision just for this guy, then God played, man. It's all it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I didn't even know it until I was over at his house. That's why I didn't say anything to you, because I knew I was gonna do this. And I wanted, I wanted to, you know, that's how God works, guys. You never look around and say, Oh, I give up. I had a guy one time, I became deacon over, over Bible correspondence courses and home Bible studies way back in the day. And I was calling all the teachers that were teaching Bible studies, and I called this one individual, and I said, just want to know what you're going to be teaching this next year. And this person said, oh, I'm not teaching anymore. I said, okay. He said, I said, you're not doing your small group? No, I'm not going to do it. I said, can I ask you why? Now, remember, I've been a Christian about three years. I don't know, sick them from coming here. Wow. And he said, oh, I retired. And I said, okay. Well, what a job. Man, I didn't know you got to retire from this. 
that was my first thought. Did you get to retire? You know, <laughs> at some point, you do you get do you get a severance package and retirement income? And said, yeah. What I know now is he gave up. He gave up. He got tired. He gave up. And I and I and I feel for that individual. I didn't know enough to talk to him. I didn't know what to do. You know, but but that's the mindset sometimes people have. They don't know the fight. They don't know who they're fighting against. And it, and it gets tough because Satan is going to unravel you if you don't watch out. He'll unravel you. He'll put stuff in your life, and you look around and say, "How did how did this happen? How did this happen? It don't look like I'm going getting anywhere. I look like I'm I'm running as fast as I can. I'm not getting anywhere." That's what Satan wants you to think. God says, "I got this. I got this. Don't give up. I got this." Does he not have this? You know. So when you walk into your class first time and you see little Noah, that's the guy. You know. You won't miss Mike, I promise you. You won't miss him. You know, Mike, Mark and Ann know, know Mike. You won't miss him. But the point is, that it's God will show up when you least expect it. He'll show up when it seems like it's it's unraveling. I know there's things going on in your lives. I know there is. You know, this young lady's fixing to go back to school, right? You're going, what grade are you going to be in? A freshman. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be a freshman. Yeesh. No. Can you imagine being a freshman in high school again? No. Would you want to be a freshman no. in high school? Again? No. no. I'd love to. You <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> but you see her mindset? You see where she's at? Yo, that's her mindset. And I don't have that mindset. Experience. Huh? And then you can go back and not that I made terrible choices, but you know. It was terrible. Paul said it's terrible. I wish. I wish. I want to go to lunch with them. <laughs> 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 Maybe I would have had this discussion a few times. I would. I would love to be able to go back to some of those instances and know what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that I would like to do. So all I can do now is help her. Yeah. Say, you know, of course, she's not going to make the mistakes I make. That, that's pretty obvious. She's not going to make those mistakes. But to make sure that she's strong enough to say, you know, and that's that that has to be what I'm about when I'm in here. That I'm looking at you and saying, there's mistakes that y'all can make, and I want to help you not to make them. You know, by my experiences, I've been I've been a, I've been a bad boy for a long time. Y'all know that, and I was I was in in up over my head for a long time. I don't want anybody to go to that place. I want you to go there. So, you know, if I, when it says, you know, what uh, would a renewed commitment to the battle look like in your life? Trust God. I'll start trusting God. I'll just start trusting. And I'll make all the decisions I make, all the decisions that happen in my life, I will make them with my trust firmly implanted in Him. If I do that, then life's going to be good. It's going to be good if I trust Him. Put my hope and my confidence in Him and trust Him. Go ahead, Mark. You know, to... to... Put your hope and trust in him. You got to know what he promised. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain things that we believe he promised that he didn't promise. You know, and, and to to not grow weary, I got to understand that it's his work. Yeah, I get to like a little child come along with his father working on a project. I get to follow along with my father, mm -hmm. and I get to go in the mission field with him and watch him work. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, y'all hear all that? He said, he said, when you understand that it's not your work, it's God's work. And I and he allows me to tag along with him. He uses me from time to time. But he says, you know, I need you to go along and just watch. Just watch me work. He said, I'm really good at this. Just watch me work. 
And when you figure that out, the work becomes a whole lot easier when you know it's not your job. It's not your work. I'm here for the ride, and God's going to do what needs to be done in my life. He's going he's to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, and you may never see it. You know, if I hadn't said anything, she wouldn't know. She ha- I, had, I had to tell her. I had, she had to know that all those conversations you and I had about what to do and where to go, hey, we just figured it out. God just said, surprise, I just showed up. Here I am. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I, I just had this thought since you mentioned the working with your dad. I, every son and father has this experience where dad's working on a project and all you have to do is hold the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. And you might get tired of holding that flashlight, but dad needs you to hold it. You know what mine hurt? You know what mine hurt? Would you hold it in the right spot? Exactly. <laughs> I can't see anything. That's not what I'm working. I mean, I can go hear that. Exactly. Because <laughs> I got two of mine in here right now. So, so they're, they're thinking, Wait a minute! I've been here, done that, man. <laughs> I heard, I heard the response that's coming. You know, but you know, you know, sometimes maybe God's saying, "Guys, guys, guys, man, I got this. Don't you understand? I got this. Would you hold the flashlight in the right place? Because I got this. I need to see. And what He's telling us, I need to hold the light of Jesus in the right place. Mm-hmm. I need to do the right thing here. I need to say the right thing. And and you know, and something I learned a long time: be patient, guys. The fight don't belong to you. We're in it up to our neck. Be patient. God's going to work it out in his own time and in his own way. All right? You don't need, he doesn't need your help. He gets you, he has you along so he can, you can learn and grow from it. But he doesn't need your help. He's going to accomplish. If this church decides today that we're done, we're not going to, you know what he's going to do? He's going to accomplish the work some other way. Just what he's going to do. He's expecting us to make decisions based on what is what we're supposed to be doing, you know, like you made the other day. You know, that, what what you did said, I can't do this anymore. And it puts you in harm's way, doesn't it? You know? Phone call my guy said, I can't do this anymore, Dan. He said, it's killing me spiritually. I can't do it. And if he wants to tell you what it is, he can tell you. But I said, I'm on the other end of the phone. I'm applauding him. Because I know that God's got y'all's back. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that God's bigger than this. God's bigger than anything that you could ever come up with. And so when I look at the fight, I say, what was renewed commitment? Trust him. Trust him and then go out and work based on that trust. All right, and one more. You know, I want to get this one done. And then he says, he says, uh, wrong chapter. Uh, he says, uh, uh, take hold of the eternal life. You know what? I'm going to wait with that one. You know, I, I didn't figure we'd get through them all anyway. You know, I want to do this. This one is to take hold of the of the fight. Take, I mean, take hold of the eternal life. This is important, guys. Okay, y'all really need to be here to hear this one next week. Because this is important. Taking hold of the eternal life is something I don't think that we really grab onto. What does it mean to take hold of it? To make it your life. And then he tells that young preacher, he says, you make sure you obey this commitment. Make sure you do this. Because Paul knows if he doesn't, he's done. Okay? I know if we don't, we're done. Satan will eat our lunch, wrap us up, and we will and we will never experience what God wants us to experience. All right? See you guys. Thank you.